0: Welcome to the Disruptor Series Podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Every episode, we listen to and learn from people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Here's your host, Rob Schwartz, CEO of TBWA Shy Day New York. Well, thank you for tuning in. Today's Disruptor Series Podcast is a COVID-19 special. We're not in the podcast studio. We are WFH or what we like to call PFH, Pod From Home, PFH. And I'm thrilled that our guest today is the co-founder of the Disruptor Series. It's Mr. Doug
1: Melville. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me in the pod from home. This is so exciting.
0: PFH. Well, welcome. welcome to the show you helped invent.
1: Yep. No, this is exciting. This is actually our first time sitting down with one another on audio and recording it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Usually uh, we're sitting down together in a, in a local New York uh, coffee shop.
1: Yeah, just so the listeners know, Rob and I like to go to old <laughs> diners that may not be in business for a long time. And then after this whole COVID, this was, uh, you know, it was almost like a tour.
0: Well, let, let's hope that we all get through COVID uh, healthy and uh, especially our uh, our diner owners as well.
1: Yeah, so this is exciting. So talk about disruption, Rob. Can you even believe this? In your whole career, what's going on right now?
0: I mean, this is uh, this is like the ultimate disruption. I mean, I thought uh, you know, I entered the, the job market in 1987. Fun times. Uh, recession in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little something called 9/11. Then the financial you know crash of 2008. And here we are, COVID 19. So uh, yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah. So well. I mean, we have to deal with it. Everyone on the whole planet, it's the air, you know, it's, it's affecting everyone all the time. So I I've learned a lot working at home for a week.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I can't believe It's only been five days. It's almost
1: like when you go on a diet and you're like in 30 days, I will do this. And in 60 days, and here we are five days in, and it's, it feels like a year. Oh my God.
0: Well, I think, uh, given that, uh, we, uh, we, we did a little, uh, pre-show call because we're professionals and uh we thought we would put together uh for you folks at uh, home and and we know that's where you are uh the top 10 disruptions so day five of uh wfh slash pfh uh these are the top 10 disruptions we're just gonna go through them and talk about them so i think uh number one wfh work from home this is a big disruption
1: yeah i think um one of the things that uh has kind of come to my attention just looking at it from the lens of dni was most of the in only 20 percent of americans can work from home and just the idea of working from home in itself is a privilege that 80 percent of americans can't enjoy because they can't actually functionally do their career or job at home so that was a real learning for me because the first thing i said was you know, conversations we had, Rob, was like, when are we going to work from home? Is there a drop dead date to work from home? What's the work from home strategy? Not even thinking how many people don't even have that.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a privilege and it's uh, it's also not easy. You know, I mean, I think that uh, just not being around people for me, you know, I love uh, just, just being around people, feeling their energy, having conversations. Uh, and uh, I just I miss it
1: yeah it's very isolationist it's almost like the introverts strike back <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> in the creative space a lot of times the introverts feel that you know they're not loud in meetings and things but maybe now everything's kind of uh, cleared up and leveled out because everything has to be done you know in a controlled environment It's really odd though I hear you
0: well, it does lead to the the second disruption and for me that has been a uh, complete violation of my diet my diet has been thoroughly disrupted i mean i i think for me wfh stands for uh wolf food down what was it it was a uh, wolf down food hourly wfh wolf down food hourly that's that's what i'm feeling i don't know about you how's your well we're
1: only 10 feet from everyone in new york is basically 10 feet from the kitchen at all times so regardless of what your situation is you know work from home i think is going to be the wfh 15 everyone's going to gain 15 pounds there's no amenities in buildings there's no gyms or boxing or yoga studios open My barber emailed me today. He's no longer allowed to be open. So you're just going to have people just really looking at another level and eating. So that's a huge disruption. People usually eat in scheduled time because you have work. So I think the ability to be next to food. Also cooking, not being able to go to restaurants, not being able to go down the street. This is a serious eating disruption.
0: Without, Without question. Uh, somebody was saying that the COVID-19 reverse the pounds we're going to gain, 19 pounds.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Everyone's going to come back and the jeans are going to look a little snug. Oh, dear. We're all going to have long hair. and
0: uh, <laughs> Basically, I'm going to look like Jerry Garcia. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen at the end of this.
1: Day. Yeah. You know what I like about you, Rob, the working from home and the overeating, but you are dressed in a full suit right now. On this podcast, I'm in a t-shirt. You are literally keeping it 100 on the authenticity.
0: Well, I I, I didn't read that, uh, you know, you're supposed to try to keep things, you know, business as usual. uh, (laughs) My wife informed me though that I better go easy on my shirts because she doesn't know if there's going to be any dry cleaners open.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I just did all my dry cleaning the other day and the lady goes, why are you doing so many things? And I'm sitting here going... In this world, you don't know if dry cleaning is the next thing on the list. And I think after today, it's non-essential.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, resorting to pajamas soon enough.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Well, number three on the list you alluded to before, no gym. No gym and new kinds of working out.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Zoom working out going on. I have more staff, employees, friends, and peers emailing me about communal Instagram live workouts, Uh, a lot of zoom workouts, a lot of Facebook live workouts, YouTube live workouts. So I think the live platforms are now being stressed and tested and used and utilized in a whole different way. So that was something that definitely showed up as a disruption is basically people's utilization of live streaming tools on their mobile devices. And I think working out's up there at the top after, you know, business meetings.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great observation and, um, I feel, you know, that uh, there's going to be a lot of prison workouts. You know, when you think about how we're living, you know, confined space, uh, you know, you get your hour in the yard, maybe, your hour walk. Yeah, yeah, your hour, uh, hour, hour. You know, <laughs> I'm grateful I've got a dog, so she needs to be walked. But uh, in terms of the workout, I think it's, you know, I'm going to look up in uh, know check out the the prison workout
1: yeah you know um a lot of people that have travel workouts that stay fit on the road typically use their body weight as a workout tool so a lot of people now with yoga mats and just doing the basics you know um, if you want to get into the military the test hasn't changed essentially in a hundred years it's it's pull-ups sit-ups how fast you could do a mile and uh, just one other exercise so it's like these are all things that anybody could practice and do it on their own and i feel that that's kind of where we've landed all the amenities that we've built the gyms and everything and now we're back to sit-ups push-ups you know <laughs> you can go for a walk
0: yeah i mean basically it's a uh, it's cake life <laughs> yeah. um all right so uh you you hinted at this when we talked about uh the gym and that's uh the, the, the fourth you know, big disruption here, which is the digital electronic life. I mean, everything is happening digitally.
1: Yeah, what I'm seeing, or really some of the disruptions that are happening around us, is that it's all about screen time. You know, it's we're looking at how many hours we spend on the screen now versus in a normal day. You could see the updates on your mobile phones, but all the screen time that we're using now is basically being tracked. You know, so it's interesting that employers, when you look at what you could do as big brother and not saying they can, you know, know exactly what it is, but you could check how many outgoing emails, you could check how many zoom conferences people started. You could check how many hours. So it's kind of coming into a little bit of a state where privacy terms and agreements are something that I think a lot more people are going to start thinking about calls being recorded easily. um, Looking back through notes because things can be transcribed. So We're digitizing everything. We're ordering our food on Grubhub because a lot of restaurants that had to convert don't have normal delivery procedures. So Grubhub app crashed yesterday here in Midtown when I used it. Then you have all of the other screens that you're looking at, Netflix and Hulu. I'm seeing that they're trying to throttle the the usage in California because people are doing everything in 5K and it's stressing out the network. So it's just so much reliance on digital versus in-person that that could be a real long-term game-changer.
0: Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's really incredible. The other thing I, I've noticed, too, uh, is that that screenshot of uh, all the different squares, you know, the yeah. Slash Hollywood squares. That, to me, is going to be the icon of this moment.
1: Yep. Yep. It's so funny because you can't get away from it. Everyone's posting almost how many squares (laughs) are on the square.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knew that the Brady Bunch was going to be, you know, the opening scene to the Brady Bunch, that's going to be the inspiration uh,
1: behind uh, these icons. That is so funny. The opening screen to the Brady Bunch is the most relevant image of the day. Well,
0: let's shift gears a little bit from – the people you're seeing digitally to those of us who are living with family members. So, uh, you know, recognizing a lot of folks who are living at home and uh, uh, that's gotta be tough. So hopefully our our little podcast here can at least be some some comfort and some voice in, in your your solo space. But for those of us living with family members, I mean, this is kind of a disruption too. Who are these people?
1: Yeah, I don't know how, you know, I don't live with, you know, I have no kids or their wife, so. It's a different situation, but as I'm calling more coworkers and clients and employees, people that have to now become teachers. So, school was essentially let out. So, everyone at home was given a 200 page PDF and a login. And if you have two children, they're like, you're teaching third grade in high school. And the parent has to check up on them. They suspended standardized testing today. Um, but there's no graduations, which I know affected you uh, and your son. And you sit here and go, you're now the professor and the teacher, in addition to the cook, the cleaning service, ironing, mental health, counseling, and doing the work. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you do that with um, one unified system. You know, it's like, you were saying earlier about work-life balance. I don't know how you manage that. So how do you, how are you able to do it personally with other individuals in the house?
0: Well, there, there's a lot to unpack there. First, the the college thing is weird. You know, my my son's a senior at Columbia. He's come down now. He's living at home. My my daughter's been living here. She works over at BBDO, so there's a lot of value for Omnicom become shareholders uh, happening in this house. My wife's here. The dogs here. But for my son specifically, I was thinking. Man, it's got to be rough. You know, he's really, you know, given it his all for his last three and a half, four years. He can't graduate now. And, you know, they've put him home. Now, you know, we've got to make sure he's, you know, doing his stuff. And I feel like going to Columbia, hey, I put some money back. You know, we spent a fortune on this damn school. <laughs> now he's not finishing. I mean, I just wonder if there's going to be a whole, you know, slew of uh, people wanting some, some rebates from these universities. Wow.
1: That's really interesting. I mean, it's months of learning. Oh yeah. No,
0: it's crazy. Now in terms of, you know, how we get it all done. I mean, I think, uh, first of all, I'm lucky cause my wife gets it. She's amazing. She knows, uh, that, uh, you know, we got to keep the, the pirate ship sailing and at the same time, keep our, uh, our home life going. So she's great about that. And I think that, uh, what I'm observing about my daughter, she's 23. Uh, just started the business, um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing her struggle a bit with the work-life balance. You know, she's you know, working into the night uh, and starting to, you know, get kind of bugged about it. So I think we have to start setting some boundaries, and, you know, we're going we're gonna, to uh, you know, probably instill, install that, uh, at least, you know, at TVWA. I,
1: I want to ask one more thing. How is it looking at it from a multi-generational standpoint? Because you have someone graduating and how they're dealing with it, which you live your whole life for the moment, which is like finally, you know, as a parent, you're probably like, I can't wait for the day you graduate. It's going to be the best moment. Then you have a new workforce, uh, someone in the creative space new to the workforce. So it's like her whole psyche. And then you, from a, a CEO perspective, at the top of the food chain looking at it, from your point of view all in one home. Oh yeah
0: well it's basically we had an empty nest I think for about 93 minutes
1: and, uh... <laughs> the runtime of one movie it was
0: like <laughs> exactly exactly and, and it wasn't Heaven's Gate I mean it was like a 90 90 minute movie and um, yeah it's odd and I think that, you know anybody who is gonna be a uh, uh, an empty nester at this moment that's been disrupted suddenly. You know, the chicks are back in the nests. You know, I think the, just in terms of an experience, you know, in some ways it's great because I see that we are, you know, having some fun together. I'm making TikToks, you know, with my daughter, for example. Uh, but at the same time, you can see the seeds that we're going to start driving each other crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's really going to be like, uh, you know, the odd couple on steroids.
1: Do you think that it affects what they want to do professionally?
0: Mm. I don't know yet. I, th- I, th- I think it's too early to call. I think, uh, I mean, it segues into the, the sixth disruption that we've got here about managing clients. I mean, I think uh, being on the service side of a business, one of the first things you have to think about is, okay, what can we do for clients in a climate where you're like, okay, what can I do for my family? What can I do for myself to stay healthy? I mean, you know, how you prioritize uh, is really a challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. And then wh- how is it managing clients digitally? I mean, because uh, you have more interaction with clients on a regular than I do, but how is has the process been, maybe even walk the listeners through from the first day or when this initially happened and you thought it was just going to be maybe a minute or so, and then how it, <laughs> here we are. I mean, I think
0: what's been interesting is that uh, all of our clients, uh, you know, of course, you know, th- no matter what business you're in, you know, they've been disrupted. And um, I think what's been fascinating is uh, the humanity of the clients is really coming out. And I think that because there's, you know, even more contact, you know, there's more uh, telepresence, there's more uh, conference calls, uh, and people wrestling with the same thing at the same time. CBH, Chris Beresford Hill, our, our chief creative officer, was saying yesterday, he goes, you know, we've gone from this world of, total fragmentation. Everybody's all over the place So now everybody in every part of the world is experiencing the exact same thing. So there's this kind of interesting, um, you know, humanity being revealed on the clients. And there's a, um, I think our our empathy gene is is kind of coming out uh, as agency people. We're really feeling uh, for our clients. And I think all the, the new modern tools are really helping us, you know, work and connect and share ideas and try to make stuff happen.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Everyone in the world's experiencing the same thing at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you really think, I was thinking about this too, the other (laughs) right after the CBH said it, I thought to myself, yeah. One of the times I could go, wow, the whole world was watching the same thing was probably in the moon landing. I mean, I was very young, you know, I was, whatever, four years old, but when you look at the imagery of, you know, that moment in 1969, you know, everybody was staring, you know, at a TV and experiencing something together. And we haven't had that, you know, since, uh, you know, the proliferation of devices.
1: You know, I I was thinking when this happened is that each client almost needs to be reintroduced Mm. in their own category, in their own way. Everything from every business needs to be essentially reintroduced under the lens of almost that humanity. Well,
0: I I love what you're saying. I think there's uh, the reintroduction. I think is also going to rattle a lot of people, and we're going to have um, we're going to have a lot of conversations about purpose. What's our purpose again? Our purpose is to sell toilet paper. That's our purpose. Our you know, our purpose is to sell you know a, a, a delicious drink. Our purpose is to sell these bloody hot pockets. That's our purpose. I think we're going to. I think it's going to be this massive. Uh, you know, um, uh, reassertion of
1: pragmatism. We're not yes, the world. Yes, yeah. it's almost like an operating system reboot where mm. capitalism isn't the first thing. Yeah, it's almost like okay, now if we reboot everything, did we really need all this? Did you really need to do this? You know, you're sitting at home. You have basically whatever you had last month is just whatever is here. Yeah. No stores to buy, nothing to get except supermarkets, groceries, necessities. People are looking through every subscription they apply to, every unfinished thought that they had. You know, really looking at it going, well, if I don't complete the thought, should I delete the thought? Ooh, I like and I that. think that these companies are going to start doing the same thing. Did I need all these product extensions? Do we need all this bloated this?
0: Uh, Yeah, kind of a grand inventory, uh, you know, literally uh, and metaphorically. And I think it's going to be a tremendous shift back to basics,
1: you know? That's what it is, back to basics.
0: I think uh, we heard a a wonderful word. We had had a uh, a conference call with uh, all the CEOs and presidents uh, and CFOs of – uh, and you were on this call as well, uh, C-Suiters of uh, TBWA Collective all over the world. Uh, and Troy uh, Ruhannan, our, our CEO, he used a great word. He didn't call it recovery. He called it the rebound. Mm. I love, and I love that word. You know, Clients are going to face this rebound. The virus and the crisis is eventually going to end. Guess what? It's going to end. That, that's the good news. But the first action on, on the rebound, I think, is
1: going to be back to basics.
0: We are a car company. We sell cars. We're not in the mobility business. We're in the car business.
1: Yeah. And you're going to see that. Uh, I actually was talking, uh, my intern, Samantha, who's now working from home, she flew back yesterday in case they locked down the airport. And I said, what did you do today? And she goes, my boyfriend went and bought a car. Wow. And I said, really? She goes, the dealership was packed. Wow. the The loan rates were so low. And I was looking at him coming from New York going, what are you doing? Because she was basically here in the aorta. But he's in Austin, Texas, and he's like, Are you seeing the rates that are available right now? Are you seeing the deals? And people were at the car dealership, and it sounded so foreign to me. But on the other hand, there is a new world where people are going to say, I want the car.
0: Yeah, well, let, let me just pause right there and say uh, if anyone wants to head down to their local Nissan dealer,
1: <laughs> <our laughs> tremendous,
0: wonderful deals on some wonderful Everything. cars. Uh, new centra is just phenomenal no compromise no compromise on the Centra. thank you nisa uh anyway let us move into the number seven disruption which is team communication and the importance of check-ins so how's it going with your team
1: yeah i think um well yesterday all the diversity officers across omnicom checked in with each other um and i think actually working from home in a decentralized creative environment and doing regular check-ins make people follow a schedule mm. in the office. People are coming in at 90, eight, 39, 39, 15, coming from here, just caught here drama here. But when you do check-ins every morning at a certain time, boom, everybody's on. I think that's really important. And I think our industry was losing that a little too decentralized. Yeah. Also calling employees. How you doing? Mm-hmm. How you doing?
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you 100. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. We're seeing more formal check-ins. I know uh, Nancy Reyes, our president. You know, she did a, a the first um, kind of formal uh, uh, department meeting with the business department. You know, like mm-hmm. with everybody, uh, which was great. And um, I also think, uh, just like you say, I think it's really important to do your, you know, what I'm, I'm using air quotes now, your hallway bumpins, your hallway conversations. Yeah, with people.
1: People really appreciate it. You know, I called so many people yesterday on different levels, junior, senior, how you doing? How you feeling? How's everything going? And people really appreciate it. And that goes back to the humanity point. We're not doing things like that in an office because everything is agenda driven. But now that the empathy gene is inching up and the operating system's getting rebooted, there's a different social currency. And I think check-in is part of that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that it's it's great to do. It's not as fun as just bumping into somebody in the hallway. It's just not mm-hmm. as good. But the effect in this climate is just as good. So uh, I think that's great. I mean, let's go to disruption number eight here, and it's one that uh, I think is palpable. And and the $60 bucks i am saving a month not taking the subway, we're not commuting.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, working from home and not commuting, I enjoy it personally although I walk to work so it's like that's a whole nother benefit but I do like not commuting it saves time
0: but I miss I miss my you know I, I use my commute for uh four days a week I listen to to podcasts and on on Fridays I 80s I have to listen to my 80s music on Fridays so uh I yeah you know, I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit down on my on my my podcast listening time And I hope that's not the case for our listeners out there with the Disruptor series.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if podcast listening would be erupting. And uh, then I said it because they're mostly listened to on commutes and in gray times, would that be more or less? I don't know.
0: Uh, Well, I was uh, reading an article uh, this morning, and it said that uh, a lot of people are listening in their homes because uh, they want to hear some other voices. So podcast listening may actually have a. Another awakening.
1: Oh, wow. That's good. That's good to hear. Also, I like that we're doing our first video podcast here. I don't know if anyone will ever see the video, but I do like that we are doing it. Well,
0: we are looking pretty, so maybe. We'll have to take it
1: yeah. <laughs> Sure in time, man. But first,
0: but first and foremost, the Disruptor Series podcast, this is candy for your ears. So uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, our number nine, uh, we reference this up front. I mean, no noshing. I mean, no restaurant meals. I mean, you know, we're ordering this stuff in.
1: Yeah, that's been a huge thing. I, you know, I eat out lunch or skip lunch or just, like, do lunch and however I'm emotionally feeling at the time. If you're a strict lunch person, I feel like it's not so much a disruption because maybe you, like, had the frozen meal that you bring into the office or what have you, but if you're one of those people that uses lunch as, like, a personal statement or exclamation point on your feeling or how your day is or have a taste for you don't have it anymore. You know, you really have to, you, 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 it's pretty basic. It's like, what few restaurants are available do I want to cook? If I eat lunch with no gym, do I do dinner? It's like the lunch thing is just, Yeah. it's kind of a big deal, you know.
0: And, and, you know, for me personally, you know, I like to use lunch to, to talk to people, you know, whether we're going to, you know, we're interviewing talent or we're mm-hmm. you know, just getting people, you know, out of the office to, to think about stuff, or just out of the office to vent a little bit. I mean, you know, for me, lunch uh, was kind of part of management. You know, so I'm going to try to figure out if we can do some virtual lunches. Uh, you know, via you know via telepresence.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like when the lunch becomes transactional now because it was the empathetic part of your day before. Yeah. You know, when you go out to lunch with someone or coffee, it's like, let me. You know, how you doing? how's your life but we now do that throughout the day because we're with our family yeah and now lunch is like a little bit more for me eat and then get get back to it
0: wait a minute we're actually using lunch for the food
1: what is going on in the right i'm like what? what no one's paying attention like this
0: all right so number 10 and this is a big one uh And uh, we we talked a little bit about this uh, throughout the podcast, but it's the one that uh, we were calling this morning time mismanagement. I mean, between the concept of time and the bleeding of time, I mean, let's talk about time.
1: Yeah, I think... Time management is an amazing thing if you do well at it. But you can also see how this can be time mismanagement in 2.5 seconds. You could lose a day in a second. You know, it's like 9.30, you already lost the day. I mean, (laughs) I'm personally feeling like this is
0: that, like, week, you know, between Christmas and New Year. Although, uh, you know, Christmas has been canceled and uh, we don't have New Year plans. I mean, that's what this feels like.
1: Yeah, it's it's like almost you're in purgatory of time because the things that you wanted to do, if you wanted to write a book or a screenplay, write a song, do a creative exercise, you don't know when this ends. There's uncertainty about how your career will end up, what's going to happen at the other side, how long it will take if anybody gets injured, if you get it. So it's like almost we have the time we all wanted that we prayed for and like wished if someone gave you two weeks, what would you do? The old question. And now you get it, but you're still working from home. You're doing nine other disruptions. So you don't really get it. It gets tricky. You could lose it fast.
0: I know. Well, Here's what I'm thinking. I just got a little uh, buzzer on our recording here that our time's running out. I know we had another section to get to. I know we were going to do our origin story. I think we're going to have to table those because this was really fun. I think we're just going to have to, uh, you know, do this uh, in, in another couple of days. Yeah, uh, I love it. So. I mean, why don't we just wrap up how we, how we usually wrap up the show when we're not in, uh, you know, COVID-19 mode or corona mode where we, uh, we, you know, what's one piece of advice we can give people, what do you think, Doug?
1: What's one piece of advice? Uh, my one piece of advice is you gotta look around the corner and down the street in a moment of crisis. You have to make sure that everything that's directly in front of you, that your hands can touch, that you're aware of that, but you also gotta look around the corner and realize that there's an unknown ending to this. And I think when you look at other things that people have gone through, like you were saying those moments in your career, you kind of knew when it would end because it's like, Oh, well, if there's an act of war or a financial crisis lasts this long, but this is an airborne virus that is affecting the oxygen that we all breathe on the planet. And I think looking around the corner is so important because you just don't know when, what's going to happen at the end. So you have to be really looking two different directions at every decision.
0: I hear you. In fact, uh, on day one, uh, you know, of this, of this crisis. I literally, uh, I'm showing this to Doug. I wrote this down on a piece of paper uh, on a note card. Oh, it's, 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 one of the, it's one of the best quotes. I just have it on my desk. So I look at it every day. It says, uh, the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time. And that's from Abraham Lincoln. It's just, you know, i love that quote. The best thing about the future is that it comes one day
1: at a time. So there you go. It's important. That's, So great. Well, Rob, thank you so much for uh, suggesting a top 10 disruptions COVID-19 edition. I think everyone can appreciate these 10 disruptions and uh, they're awful in them. So thank you for having me and uh, pulling this whole thing together today.
0: No, listen, thank you, Doug. Uh, Thank you for uh, helping to invent uh, the disruptor series in general. And uh, this was fun. So uh, I'm going to Hit the record button off here and uh, then we're going to have our element that uh, we'll try to figure out how to get on to uh, our pod bean.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast of the year, Rob. 2019. You <laughs> made it. right.
0: I'm turning off now. Hold on. Don't go away. Thank you for listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashydayny.com.